Praise God. Good to see you. Are you christmas up? It's Christmas. You're allowed to... Can I be myself today? Not that religious version that I present for a few weeks, just so you like me a little bit, more than you do when you find out who I really am. That's for you, Ian. <laughs> Got to give... Can we big Ian up? Because he had, like, this massive operation and <laughs> sat here on church in a organising a minibus to turn up here this morning. Nobody expected to see you, Ian, and you made it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, big up that, isn't it? <laughs> I can't see you then. I can't see if you're really annoyed. <laughs> Who starts Christmas for you? Noddy Older? It's Christmas! Or is it Mariah? Yeah, yeah. You all want to be involved in this poll, but you're secretly going, it's actually, it's Michael W. Smith with his Holier Than Holy album. <laughs> in it, to be fair, you don't want to say to you. But I saw the other day, I saw Mariah Carey start off in a certain setting and all the ladies were bursting into it. It was fabulous. Deck the halls with boughs of holly in every shop that there's been. And it started in August, didn't it? They're decking the halls in August. Christmas songs on the radio, we like that, don't we? Oh, you're all like, too soon. No, not soon enough. I was like, November, can we play it yet? Lucy's like, no. Can we play it yet? <laughs> I've got a guitar, play what I want. <laughs> We've got a big up Cliff Richard. Yeah, have you seen it? He's unashamed of the gospel, that man, isn't he? They laughed at him and mocked him, but he is singing Jesus, my friend. They've got the Christmas adverts wars, haven't we? See, you can make you cry the most. They get people in a room and they show it to them in advance and go, are you crying yet? No, can we add more drama to it? That's what happens. You add Christmas to everything at Christmas. Be Christmas breakfast. These are your Christmas clothes. I'm going from a Christmas walk. What do you mean all the things that you do all year round? Every single day. Just put Christmas on it. Then you've got your sales. It starts off at about 30% off, 40% off, 50% off. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Daft Tuesday. Lost the plot Saturday. People are buying stuff that they don't need. We bought a lawnmower. We haven't even got a garden. <laughs> we didn't, but I would have done. Why? Because it's 70% off. <laughs> Can we get some bread and milk and some heating in them sales? Because I need a bit of that. I'm not sure. Do you? <laughs> we always say this. We're keeping it simple this year. We're not buying a lot this year. Keep it simple. Just, just buy little gifts, just as a token. Keep it simple. And then on New uh, Christmas Eve, you stood looking at Mount Everest of presents, and you're still going, have we got the kids enough? You think we've got the kids enough? <laughs> we eat everything, don't we? Eat, drink, and be merry. At Christmas, even, even, even old school Pentecostals are like, I know that we don't drink, Sandra, but it's Christmas. <laughs> I don't care what Dave Wilkinson says, just today. <laughs> we'll be back on his tapes tomorrow. <laughs> You're all planning your excuses for your exit strategies, aren't you? Uh, stuffing the turkey with Prozac, apparently, is a thing. <laughs> it isn't, don't do it. It would solve a lot of family arguments, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Today, uh, yeah, no, when we've done all that, by the way, we, we, we eat, drunk, and be merry. We, we filled the house with every gift that is possible. And then we go, oh, what are we going to do on Boxing Day? 
oh, I'll tell you what, let's just have a day of rest, shall we? Just relax. And no, no, mate, we're up for the sales. <laughs> Camping out. Why? Because there's another lawnmower that's better than one I just bought. <laughs> we are having that. We are celebrating the greatest story that will ever be told on this planet. Yeah, we know it might not be the birthday of Christ. A lot of people actually say, don't they, that it's sort of mid-September. I know that people have got a million days. Would be ironic though, wouldn't it, if, the, if you work it out from December up to September, it'd be ironic if it weren't the conception date, wouldn't it? And all these arguments be going off for years and God's saying, oh, if they could just get things. He left the glory of heaven. Think about that. He left the glory of heaven. He left the worship of angels. He left streets of gold, utter perfection, paradise, nothing wrong, utter glory. Like the ultimate undercover boss. He said, I'm going down there because they're making a mess of this. He says he humbled himself. He was clothed in humanity, found in fashion as a man, the Bible says. A vulnerable little baby in a manger. Can you imagine that? God allowed that to be himself. Imagine every devil, every demon, every darkness, all waiting in a queue thinking, I think this might be him. Why? Because they'd sense the glory, wouldn't they? And he's there sleeping heavenly peace, like he did on that boat that time. Perfectly secure in the mission that he'd come, a rescue mission for fallen and broken mankind. That's the Jesus that you serve. That's the Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas. Don't get into all the worries about the dates and the times. Focus on the person. They shall call his Name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Yeah. We, when we think of sins, we're thinking of a million things that we all did wrong. When we're talking about the brokenness of the planet in all its forms. And I want to guarantee that that's why he came. He came to fix it. And if you just follow him, I mean, if you just trust him, if you just put every bit of the Bible advice that he gives you into place in your life, your life will be absolutely awesome. And I know it because I've trusted God in my life and I've realised that when I've made the wrong moves, the things haven't gone right. He came in a human body through a virgin birth so that it was untainted by the normal system of fallen mankind. He could have flown down, shining. We know one day he's coming back that way, isn't he? But on this occasion, he could have come down, just rocked up as this giant figure, barking out the stuff. But he didn't. He humbled himself, found in fashion as a man. Very God, we sing this as well, don't we? Very God, begotten, not created. Why is a human, this is the key, a human because he speaks a language that you can understand. If he, he came to feel what you feel. 
He came to know uh, the frustrations, the despair, the disappointments, the doubts, the temptations, all the stuff that you face in this life. He said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to show them how to do this. I'm going to be a true saviour. I'm going to come with compassion and love. I'm going to show them a better way. I'm going to show them that it's possible to live a godly life in a dark world. I'm going to be the answer. I'm not just going to tell them the answer. I'm going to be there as a human being on their behalf to show them. Isn't that beautiful? He speaks the language that you understand in all your disappointments and your brokennesses and your hurt and your lonelinesses and your fears and your constant worries. He came as the rescue plan. They shall call his name Jesus. He shall save his people. He says this in 1 Timothy 3 verse 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up into glory. What a gospel message in one verse. Watch your Bible for the 316s. I just want to say this, the Persian Magi, or as we call them, the three kings, he spoke to them in a language that they could understand. He showed them a star. That's what they travelled through to see. They followed that astronomy, astrology. There was all kinds of mysticism involved in all that culture. We know that. But let me tell you what's amazing. And people don't believe me when I say this, but you read this in your Bible. Daniel, when he was in Babylon, he did such a good job that when Persia took over, he got the job still. He stayed in another empire and became one of the key people in the whole empire. And he was placed in charge of the magicians and the sorcerers. Do you you believe me? Because listen, it says in Daniel 5 and verse 1, there is a man in your kingdom whom is the spirit of the holy God and in the days of your father, uh, light and understanding and wisdom. He's talking about Daniel, a man who shone for God. Then he says later, your father made him master of the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. He was put in charge of Hogwarts. <laughs> they were like, I'm not taking, we won't, because we won't take the job. The reason we didn't take the job, but he took the job, is because he believed that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And he thought, I'm taking the job because I'm going to influence him and I'm going to show him prophetically what is to come in this world. And he would point you the most amazing prophecies of Daniel that he would be writing down What did he teach the wizards and the this and the Harry Potters? He taught them the scriptures, the ones that you read to this very day. He spoke to them in a language they could understand. He would show them kingdoms to come. He'd already spoke about uh, Persia coming. Then he'd already prophesied about Greece coming. He already prophesied about Rome coming. Even then things would make them think there is something about this man. That's before you start on the rest of the messianic stuff in the book of Daniel. My point is, he left such a legacy that years and years later, these wise men, these magi, these magic school of Hogwarts all went, remember the legacy of this man. We are going to find the saviour. He speaks to you in a language that you can understand. Did you know that the shepherds 
who washed their socks by night. <laughs> he says they were seated in the glory of the Lord. Come, can you imagine that? Just that is enough, isn't it? But you know what's amazing about it? God spoke to them in a language that they could understand. We didn't get it at the time. In the book of Micah, it talks about Bethlehem. You'll be significant. You won't be left out. The great ruler will come from you. But in Micah 4 and verse 8, it talks about the tower of the flock, the tower of Migdal. And outside of Bethlehem, there was a place where unique, highly trained shepherds, the job of jobs for shepherds, and the Passover lamb, the Passover lambs all auditioning for the perfect Passover lamb that would be the sacrifice on your behalf in the old covenant. And what they would do is they would find the most perfect one to offer to God. And they would wrap them in swaddling clothes and place them in a manger to keep them warm. And the angel said, you guys, into a language that they could understand, shepherds to shepherds, you'll find him in swaddling clothes, in a manger, just because God can speak to you in a language that you will understand. Even Herod, the ruler, when he heard the rumour of these kings coming and he heard the rumour that there's a ruler to be born, he immediately thought, rule, dominion, king. When he couldn't destroy him, when he knew he'd been thwarted by him, he, that king, would sit in his bedroom at night, whether you think not or not, and think, who is this man? God speaks to you and will speak to you in a language you can understand. The religious leaders of the day should have seen this and they missed the Christ, didn't they? But even they were told by Herod to go and read your Bible. Go read your Bible. And in it, find out where the Christ is born. They're all reading the Bibles all of a sudden. Opening it up. Oh, turns out it's, uh, it's Bethlehem. Simeon went to the temple daily. Because God said to him, the Messiah is coming. You'll, you'll see that child born. My point in this, Jesus came as a human God in flesh to speak to you in a language you could understand. It says that he went through every temptation we, went, we go through, yet without sin. It says that neither guile or deceit was found in his mouth. He was sinless. He was pure. He was perfect. He was the absolute answer. He still is the absolute answer. Glory to God in the highest Peace on earth and good news to all mankind. That's who he is. He's good news. We've made him bad news. He's the saviour. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He reset history when he was born. This event has stood the test of time. Even in Walkville, God still has his say. Even in cancel culture, Cliff Richard is still singing, Jesus unashamedly, yeah. in your charles. Millions, past, present, and will do in the future until Jesus comes again, will be changed, 
transformed, healed, delivered, set free by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who encounters Jesus, everybody who calls on him, is radically affected. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. That's why the arguments are futile and all the this and that and all the in-betweens are futile. Make it the greatest altar call that there's ever been. Make your Christmas in every card. Just put something simple. Just give every gift with something. Tell them that you're praying for them. Tell them that you're standing with them in their problems and their difficulties. This saying is trustworthy, deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's the purpose. For this purpose was the Son of God revealed that he would destroy all the works of the evil one. He can rebuild your life. He can deal with your poor mental health, your depression, your pain, your suffering, your bereavement. He is the answer. He's a rescue plan. You shall call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sin. Sozo, the word for saved. Saved, healed, deliver, set free, make you whole. Nothing lacking, nothing missing. That's what it means. Nothing lacking. Shalom, shalom. It means to be so complete that there's no other words beyond it. That's why you put that, I think. Luke 2, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. I just want to ask you, what language will God speak to you? God doesn't speak to me. I I read King James, it's because I I, I just can roll with it. I I I know that it's not like the most understandable Bible. I've just got a weird brain. But he'll speak to you in a way that you understand. Do you know he'll speak to you in Yorkshire? In your Yorkshire language. I want to point you to the God-man, Jesus Christ. I just want you to know, whoever you are, wherever you are, this room is probably mostly full of Christians. I, I, I don't know, plus I've just took my glasses off. But I do think this, this Christmas, I'm not on about this, let's throw ourselves on, uh, on the floor, repenting at the altars of, because we've been at the altars of Babylon because we watched EastEnders. I'm on about, let's really, this Christmas, focus on the very purpose of this whole event. Jesus Christ, God, who left heaven, undercover boss, lived amongst us, worked amongst us, felt the pain, the suffering, the fear, the worries, the anxieties, and showed us a better way through it, and showed us that if we call on him, he'll make a way where there is no way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't know Jesus Christ, or you don't know if you really know him in the way that your parents do, or your friends do, or other people do. You can know him right now. He's one prayer away. We are going to pray it. And I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads for a moment with me. And while you've got your head bowed, there's a scripture, right? This is the the ultimate Christmas scripture for Mary because it's about her understanding that she's got the Christ growing in her. She said, my soul 
magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. We worry that sometimes it's an emotional response, but that scripture there shows you that it can be both, both soul and spirit. You're responding all across the board to how you feel, how you're reacting in this moment when you look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you are feeling that pull this morning. Lord Jesus. We come to you now knowing that you're the reason for the season. Knowing that you're the rescue plan. And we are praying for anybody in here who doesn't know Jesus as their saviour but absolutely wants to and can feel that call, that pull. We are praying for you. You can pray a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be exactly this, but it's something like this. Lord Jesus, please come and make yourself known to me. I'm going to put my faith in you because I believe something is happening. Forgive me for all the stuff that I've done and for leaving me out, for leaving you out, sorry, leaving you out of my life. But just come and rescue me. Come and save me. Come and change me. Come and turn my life around. I ask you, Lord. Now, if you've done that, you you can show me now for sure. But if that's not what you're going to do because you just are not going to do that, it's okay. It doesn't destroy anything that you just did with God. Come and see someone, though. Come and speak to Chris and his team. Jesus. Sing choirs of angels sing with exultation sing all ye citizens of heaven above glory to God in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Him cry Oh come Oh come Let us adore Oh come Let us adore Him Oh 
come, let 